Living Corporate is brought to you by Textio. Today's top talent is everywhere, representing everyone. And our work environment should reflect the level of inclusion to meet that standard. Textio achieves this in building more equitable company cultures through the language we use in our job postings. That culture is formed one hire at a time, making the words we use to reach more diverse candidates all the more important. Our advanced language insights and employer brand content is what drives our mission of inclusion. Through our industry-leading application of artificial intelligence and machine learning, we're able to widen companies' reach in finding and building upon the very diverse talent that empowers a culture of belonging. Every door should be open to every qualified job seeker. Again, that's Textio. You learn. You learn. So, hey, hello and welcome. Welcome to When White People Have Had Enough. This is episode eight, part one, because I don't even know how many parts this might be. I'm going to just tell you this is part one. I am your host, Vonda Page. Hey, I am so glad you are here. I hope you are binging. Um, I am about to rock out so many episodes because I figured out a way to streamline uh, the way to get these recordings um, solid and without worrying about the little things that happen you know, verbally. Um, and so I have a new system worked out. And so hopefully I can get up to these first 20 episodes going. And, you know, the team here at Living Corporate is is kicking it with the, uh, with the whole audio support. And hopefully you can't hear the dog snoring too much in the background because literally no matter where I go, which room, which setup I use, this dog is so close to me that you can literally hear her snoring in the background. And so hopefully that doesn't sound too crazy, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a whole like series about the dog and talk about fun things. And maybe it'll make you feel so like, oh, that if you hear her snoring in the background or like, oh my God, the other day when I was on my live, she started scratching on the door because she wanted to go out. And so I had to like jump off camera and keep the thing rolling Um, It was a whole thing, but, uh, you know, as it goes, right, in doing live things, as it goes when it comes to working from home and as it goes in the Rona era, right, of pandemics and endemics and things that we got going on, it is what it is, but I'm super happy to be here. So my name is Vonda Page, first and foremost. Secondly, I am the Radical Results Mentor for leaders looking to level up to legend. And what that means is, that means that I advise and guide um, decision makers and leaders across every spectrum, uh, whether you're talking about, you know, teams, groups, organizations, institutions, schools, or whatever, but really guiding them um, and advising around how to grow and thrive, understanding that change, right, is happening all the time. It's nothing we can do about it, even though we might say, oh, you know, we want to stop change or we want to really... do things like put laws in place and things to to keep change from happening. Uh, what I like people to understand is that they're not powerless, number one, but also, right, that when you want to embark something challenging in your life, 
when you want to do something significant, when you want to do something that is about meaningful and measurable uh, momentum that matters and things that make a difference, you have to have help and you have to have support. And I built a framework years ago um, called LLC, Leaders Learn Change. And it's my blueprint that I work off of and I believe it. And even when I'm talking and thinking through life and going through challenges as an entrepreneur, you know, as um, a black woman just navigating, it still is about leaders learning change. And so today, right, Alanis Morissette comes to mind so much for me. She was a big influence um, on me musically listening, um, at that time, right, right. This was right after I had graduated school before I started graduate school and I was working out here in corporate America. And I was just like, you know what, taking the lumps and taking the punches and, you know, kind of similarly with the whole Cheryl, uh, Sandberg, uh, full of shit, Sandberg, uh, thing thinking like okay well if I just do what the white women are saying it's going to get me the same result and it never does because there's two Americas right there is the America that is designed for white people to thrive if they're in the club so if you grow up poor you ain't going to be in the club unless you take a whole lot of beatings and lumps um but but it's the club and it's the same oligarchy that you know stole this country from the uh, Native American first peoples of all of Americas, stole it, right? Stole Mexico. Like they literally stole everything. And the result of it, right, is the system that we have now that is literally on the backs of, you know, 325 million people because there's only like 700 billionaires and the rest of us are working for them. And so I'm not trying to solve capitalism, but what I am trying to do is I'm trying to solve the further trauma and the further harm and the further degradation of human rights in this country by speaking to white people and by specifically saying when white people have had enough, right, they're going to do something. And so when I think about, you know, a few people that like, I really respect, you know, that, um, I think kind of stand up and kind of, you know, have done things, whether it's musically or politically or, or, you know, in whatever way, I think about, you know, this Jagged Little Pill album um, that Alanis had, you know, in 1994. And it's funny, that's the same year that Wild Seed came out. And I played a song from that the other day. Um, Wild Seed is by Dion Ferris about um, human or food for thought or anyway, anyway, listen to those albums. Um, and you will, you know, get a little bit more insight into my perspective, right? How I think and how I feel. But the thing, right, um, the thing to think about, um, you know, as Barley shakes awake <laughs> from a mini nap, um, you know, the thing to, to think about, right, is is what it looks like and feels like to learn lessons and especially to learn things that are significant and to especially learn things that are going to help propel you forward in terms of anything that you're trying to do to improve and grow. And so for me, learning is a fundamental, absolutely like fundamental piece of any process when it comes to growth and development because without learning, Literally, what do you have, right, other than where we are now? And so part of, right, my 
challenge to people not only is just about, you know, learning um, in general, right? But it's really around learning who you are. And and that first step before you can, I think, really uh, learn anything significant, learn anything that is really going to, you know, take you to another level, right? Is, is really going to take... Um, it's really going to take a lot of deep introspection. And so when I think about, you know, Alana's right, talking about you cry, you learn, right? I mean, basically she's saying it sucks, but you learn. And so my thing is for white people who feel sometimes like so like women, especially like so pained, right, over any growth experience, because you've always been told to be nice. You've always been told to follow directions. You've always been told to be the good girl. You've always been told you can't push back. Listen, you can learn how to do all of that. So for me, I think I've always thought in the back of my mind that white women kind of saw Alanis Morissette as like a role model or a person to emulate. Um, Because I think she's very, especially that album, you know, to me that album is super like, I call it girl power, but it's woman power, you know. And I know that there's a whole thing between the way white women call themselves girls Black women, we call ourselves women, but we do call each other as girls when we're talking about each other kind of as girls. So it's a very touchy subject. I know I said before, as an aside, don't call me sis as a black woman if you're a white woman because I'm not just sis. And really don't call me girl or girl or girlfriend either. But I understand that white women call each other girls, so I get it. But I'm definitely not girlfriend to like a white person unless you are my actual girlfriend and I only have like six of those. Um, that are white and so the rest are like not really friends in life they're just people I know or maybe they know me but I say that to say that you know all women I believe have power I believe all people capable of giving birth have a different power than people who are not capable and I don't mean that in a derogatory or superior way I just mean I think we have a power that because we have the ability to bring life in the world Um, You know, we can utilize our power in ways that I think will not only benefit ourselves individually, but that will benefit us collectively as a whole. So when I think about power and how to utilize power and I think about the jagged little pill, right, it hurts at first, but then you learn, you breathe, you learn, you live, you learn. You cry, you learn, right? You learn no matter what. I mean, uh, Nelson Mandela said, I either win or I learn, but I, but you know, I, I learn, I still win. And so the thing is, right, we know that in America, especially and in Europe, right, white people, white women are taught not to metabolize strong feelings. White women are taught that they were supposed to be this dainty, precious little thing that was going to get to stay home and never have to work. And white women were sold a whole bunch of malarkey, as people used to say. Oh, as our current president says, my grandmother used to say it. They from the same generation. Right. Malarkey. Right. Which means BS nonsense. Right. Full of BS, full of baloney, maloney, full of bananas, 
full of beans, however you want to say it. But the bottom line is the answer is bullshit. And so what it boils down to is utilizing your power in a way that's going to work for you because you know that you were sold a lie. And I think now even white poor men and women are starting to realize that y'all were sold a lie. I hope that after you see your own children at ages 10 and 11 be forced into slavery by having to work at a freaking Starbucks and you work in two shifts every day at uh, one at Walmart and one at Walgreens or one at CBS and one at Target or one at, you know, the Apple store and one at, uh, you know, uh, Kruger, Kroger markets. But that's where we headed because the white power structure are using y'all, uh, using your racism, but using y'all to uphold them. And they're literally not going to give you anything. If you are not already born into a white family that is rich if you are not born into a family that is going to be able to make sure you can go to school with rich people and you can get educated around rich people, you're not going to be rich. You are not going to be one of the 700 billionaires. Why do you think there's still only that few? Okay, a whole bunch of people got rich over the pandemic. And again, if this is your first time listening to me, I'm not talking about uh, Rihanna or Beyonce or Jay-Z or LeBron or Shaquille O'Neal. I'm not talking about their money because they're not doing that kind of thing. Even Mark Cuban, he got a whole, whole, whole many billions. And Mark Cuban ain't even doing that, doing horrible stuff. He's trying to fix some things. And some of the things he's trying to fix, they're not going to let the man fix. And he got a whole lot of money. And at some point, you know, he's going to just be like, all right, I only could do but so much. And that's what a lot of people do who have a little bit of money right? Or a lot of money, but they don't have that level of power. And so the way that white people, the way y'all utilize y'all power, right? Is you find out about somebody like a Mark Cuban that's doing some really good stuff, right? Or, you know, black people that are doing some amazing work out here. And then you, you know, start finding out how you can support that work. But before all of that, like I've talked about before and now I feel I'm getting more crisp in how I want to help you understand it is that first and foremost right the learning process has to start with you and you have to learn who you are and I believe that you have to learn who you are uh you have to do that first and foremost you have to do that personally right and meaning dig into who you are as a person and you do that by examining your own beliefs right the the things that you learned as a child, the things that you believe now, and how do those beliefs actually play out in what you do every day at work in your family, right? And how you interact with the community and how you interact with your own blackness, internalized anti-blackness or internalized anti racism or your internalized scope or how you feel about racism. At a point, white people have to decide for themselves that they do not want to continue down the current path. And part of that is actually examining your relationship is probably the better way to say it. Examining your relationship with race, right? You have to examine your relationship 
with race in the construct of how you were raised, your beliefs in your church, the beliefs in your home, the beliefs in your family, the beliefs of the family you, you know, developed into, the family you married into, the family you divorced, and maybe the second or third family units that you've joined, right? The family units that you have decided you want to be in on purpose, right? We all have the opportunity to be a part of family that we choose, but then we also have a family that we weren't given a choice. Me personally, I was okay walking away with my family. And I explained to my daughter again recently that, you know, because it's a bunch of immoral people that do things that I don't believe in. Why do I want to be around liars and abusers and wife beaters and people who cheat on all kind of things, you know, and and do all kind of bad things to other human beings? Why do I want to be in a group of people who will stab each other in the back as soon as look at them? And as soon as one person leaves the room, they talking bad about that person. I, I feel like that energy is probably something that held me back from a lot of success in my life. And so one of the things that I would say for white women who are struggling with your confidence, right, and struggling to understand that learning takes pain and learning is is progress and that you go through stuff, right? Think about all of those people, especially the gurus of, of health and fitness that talk about no pain, no gain, and all the people that talk about, oh, well, if you don't sacrifice this and that, you don't get anywhere. So how about you're not going to get past where you are with your own development, with your own growth, with your own anything, right? You are yourself, you, you're, you are not going to move forward, period. You are not going to be able, right, to make significant strides in your own growth until you are ready to be uncomfortable. And I believe that that's going to start with examining your beliefs, those things that you learned as a kid that you're grappling with, why it doesn't make sense. You know, I was listening to um, the dude, I want to say his name is Russell. I can't think of his exact name right now, but he goes by the moniker of the jolly old ginger, right? Or the jolly ginger on TikTok. And he's one of these white dudes that is a reformed, uh, like overt, like racist. And he's trying to teach white people about white supremacy and how not to be racist. And he talks about race being on a spectrum, blah, blah, blah. But he grew up in North Carolina where he grew up in a house where the N-word was standard, okay? And so he had to, like, unlearn all of that, right? And he had to grapple with that. And he had to deal with it. And so he didn't talk about how it was painful or it hurt his feelings. He didn't get into that in the one little talk I was watching. But I'm sure that he went through some development and some process, just like Tim Wise, right? And and just like Jim Elliot, uh, Jane Elliott, right? So whether we're talking about Jane Elliott or Tim Wise or the Jolly Ginger, right? Um, you know, we're not talking about a whole bunch of white people that I can really name off the top of my head and saying they're trying to do some work. But the thing that they all did is admit, right, uh, that they needed to learn something. They all, they all, all three of them, all three, right? Jane Elliott, 
uh, Tim Wise and a Jolly Ginger. They all talk about learning something and coming to a realization of something. And then from that realization, making a different choice to do things and live differently. And I believe we all have the opportunity to do that. And the only thing that holds us back is what we choose or choose not to do. And so I think that at this moment, you know, back to when white people have had enough is that white people have the opportunity to say, I have had enough of, of things going in the wrong direction, right? Barley's had enough, so she's chewing on her thing. These are fake barks. But, you know, when I think about uh, fake tree barks, um, but sustainable kind of fake tree barks, I don't know. They're supposed to be healthy for her. But anyway, um, if I think about, right, how the learning of your background plays into how you grow and I think about the discomfort of that at some point you have to metabolize that and as I know I've said and whether I've said it here or I've said it on other I've said on this podcast and and definitely in other public talks about you know, white people have the privilege of not having to metabolize difficult feelings. And unfortunately, black people don't get that same luxury. And because of that, that for one and only reason, if nothing else, should give you the courage and the power and the encouragement, right? And the inspiration to just swallow that jagged pill because it's going to be okay. You live, you learn. You cry, you learn, right? You breathe, you learn. You love, you learn. You learn. And hey, that would don't kill you, only make you stronger. So if you go through a, a, a terrible emotional thing and you cry for like seven minutes super hard and you can't breathe and then you wake up from it all thirsty or you come from out of the cry, you know, real thirsty and damn, I need to get me some ice cold water. I usually, if I do get a cry on, I have a, I have to get iced tea and then I have to put like extra cold crushed, um, crushed ice in there. Uh, but cold water does the trick. Or if I have some seltzer water, if I really want to like quench a thirst, those are the three drinks I drink. Right. And so, you know, that first time you drink a cold drink, especially if you're hot, it could feel shocking and cold and it almost could hurt and it could feel like a jagged pill. Right. Um, and if you have ever had to swallow a pill, <laughs> uh, then for the first time and it'd be jagged or you struggle swallowing pills, you should be able to get it. Right. So I will tell a funny story and, you know, it's part of my story. So I'm not going to ask my daughter's permission, but she probably will be like, I don't care if she, I, I tell the story because it's true. Um, but some people might take it as like, wow, that was extreme. So my daughter and I were on vacation in Boston, Massachusetts, and she had a allergy to something. And I don't remember if this was when we found out she was allergic to eggs or if this was when she was allergic to um something in the air, like hay fever or whatever. But we were on vacation and we were in Boston. Long story short, we had went to urgent care and this and that and blah, blah, blah. The doctor uh, called a prescription in 
uh, her pediatrician. I had the, a whole thing, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, she had a sub- prescription. It only came in pills. They didn't have it in liquid. She, I think, was six or seven years old. I basically, I mean, technically almost waterboarded my child to get her to take a pill because she needed this pill. And basically, she was having bad asthma. And it might have been the steroid that they didn't have in liquid. I don't know what the heck it was, but it was a pill. And the doctor told me, you got to get this pill down her throat no matter what. And I said, okay. And guess what? (laughs) My daughter will tell you. I know she remembers it. My daughter will tell you my mom almost choked me in the hotel room with the water and the pill and just making her. I, I She probably drank two gallons of water just trying. So long story short, now Morgan puts the water in her mouth and then she puts the pills down second. I put the pill in the back of my throat and the water and I get them down together. But I put the pill in first. I don't care whether you got to put the pill down first or the water down first, but you have got to swallow these pills and you have to know that there's going to be some pain associated to these pills. Boom. Period. There are going to be some pain that you have to deal with. There is some pain associated with these pills. So, hey, y'all. Listen up. When you have had enough, you will take your jagged little pill. I was like, Morgan, you have to take this pill, girl. And I have had I had, had enough. Morgan hadn't had enough because Morgan didn't think she was sick enough. But listen, her her windpipe was closing up. Her asthma was bad. The uh inhaler wasn't working. The um other thing wasn't working. The doctor said she need this pill. Look, I didn't care what it took. Period. It did not matter to me. Morgan was going to take this pill, no matter the pain that was caused. (laughs) Okay. And now some 15 or 14 years later, my child is alive. I don't even think she's probably had an asthma attack in a year or or several years. But, uh, and her lungs are fine. She's a runner. She just ran to the beach. So, I just say all that to say, right, that you win, you learn, you lose, you learn, you live, you learn, you love, you learn, right? You lie, you learn, you breathe, you learn. Leaders learn change. It is okay. Listen to some Atlantis Marset. When white people have had enough, listen, you're going to jump in and you're going to take the pain of learning, right? So as you unpack your shit, as you get yourself together, and as you deep dive into who you are, as you learn who you are, When you have had enough, you will swallow the jagged little pill. Swallow it. It's okay. You're going to learn from that pill and you're going to come away feeling much better. You really will. I'm telling you. And in the meantime, right, think about it as part of your leadership journey. Think about it in the way that leaders learn together, right? And Alana, she said, You learn, you learn, you learn, you learn. I'm telling you, learning is key. And don't ever be afraid to learn, even though learning is sometimes painful. Let's learn together, y'all. Level up. Level up. When white people have had enough, y'all going to level up. You're going to level up personally, 
Like I said, you're going to dig down deep, right? You're going to learn about who you are, your personality, how you got that way, those behaviors, your triggers. You're going to read the body keeps a score. You're going to figure out what is my body keeping score about. You're going to learn. You're going to learn, right? You're going to do it personally. You're also going to do it privately. Remember, you don't want to be taking out your stuff on people. Please don't be going on black people's pages on internet sites, not on TikTok, not on Facebook, not on Instagram. Come on now. Do not go on black people's pages talking about your stuff and spilling out what you learned and this and that because we don't want to hear it. We got our own trauma. So learn your stuff privately. Learn privately. And then thirdly, listen, I cannot emphasize enough how much professional help works. Whether you're talking about a mentor, whether you're talking about a... um. Uh, a, a program, whether you're talking about books, whether you're talking about therapy, whether you're talking about apps, whether you're talking about music. And listen, when it comes to therapy, y'all, it's so much therapy out here. Dance music, therapy, all sorts of art therapies, all sorts of breathing therapies. Listen, I went to uh, this bomb ass um, breathing and ice house therapy situation in Florida. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you, when I go on a retreat, my next uh fancy retreat I find I do maybe in Hawaii, yeah I will go. I'm going to do a a, a ice a ice um breathing whole situation. You definitely need a shaman and all that. I wouldn't just do it with any old random person. Definitely do it with a shaman and somebody that knows what they're doing and check all the reviews and make sure they cool. But but I mean breathing right. You learn and what did I learn about myself? I used to be scared of cold and have this thing like I can't have ice touch my body and all this kind of stuff please I sat in ice baths I've been in listen uh you learn okay but do learn personally learn uh privately but learn professionally right and 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 don't be closed-minded right about learning professionally right and who you can learn from one of the things I am learning um that coaches and mentors have been more valuable now in my 50s than they have ever been. And all of my coaches, except for one, is younger than I am. And I love everything about that, right? Um, I love that my coaches are all women because let me tell you, don't a man have no advice for me now. I'm just saying because I don't want to do any way that men are socialized into believing that that's how things should be. I don't want to, there is no man who has a level of a success that I aspire to. There is no man that um, is doing something so great that I want to emulate it. So I am uh, being mentored by women who are doing things in different areas that I'm aspiring to get to. And those are people that I'm specifically uh, focusing and following on. And that's what I recommend for other people. You know, one of my mentors that I have to shout out is my business. I would call her business mentor strategist. She is my um, mentor that is uh, guiding me to my seven-figure business and um, eventually multi-seven-figure businesses um, because she's done it. And that is one of the amazing things about mentorship and understanding how mentorship works is mentoring is about you know somebody that you can follow in their footsteps and they can give you the lessons that they've learned that can support you in your journey going forward so with all that hey when white people have had enough you will learn you will learn you will learn and you're going to learn about yourself you're going to learn it about yourself 
uh, personally. You're going to learn about yourself privately. You're going to do it professionally. And hey, for more tips about learning, hey, go to leadertolegendexclusive.com. Go to vondapage.com and follow me here. Um, And stay tuned. Leaders learn change, y'all. And we can learn change together and we can level up together. But when white people have had enough, you will learn. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. This episode of Living Corporate is brought to you by Blind. Blind is a trusted community of more than 5 million verified professionals from startups to some of the largest companies in the world like Amazon, Deloitte, Ernst Young, Goldman Sachs, Google, JP Morgan, Meta, and more. Blind's mission of transparency seeks to break down professional barriers and silos at work so that you can make productive change and advance your career. It's a safe space to ask questions and get the real-time insights and perspectives from people who know what you've been through. On Blind, you can connect and have honest discussions about everything from compensation, company culture, performance reviews, promotions, and more. You can also join your exclusive private company channel to chat with your coworkers about company policies and what's really going on at work. And because it's anonymous, you can be honest and trust what you read all blind. Download and install Blind from the App Store or visit TeamBlind.com to get access to the latest salary, company reviews, and interview experiences thousands of companies worldwide.